0: Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you this day as we are, acknowledging our need of your love and grace, comfort and hope and courage. But trusting that Jesus is here to speak to us a word of life. So open our minds, our hearts, our souls, and our spirits to your truth, to your gracious presence. For we love you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated, won't you? Well, good morning. My name is Father Rob Lord. It's my joy to be here with you today as a supply priest for Father Cameron, who graciously invited me to take the service today to give him a little bit of a breather. And so I'm delighted to be with you again. uh, My name is Father Lord. And so when you go home today and have your brunch and you think about the day, just remember to say to yourself, I heard the word of the Lord today. (laughs) Right. So you won't forget it. You won't forget it. Well, I have found that in my journey as a Christian, and particularly in my exposure and encounter and study of the person of Jesus and the scriptures, that he came to reveal to us the very heart and nature of what is real. It's the deepest question of the human experience. What can I really trust and count on. What is the nature of reality? But Jesus took it even further because he wanted us to encounter his understanding and his deep revealing of the answer to this question. What is God like? That's an enormous question for those of us who believe, it's the foundation of our existence, really, to ask, what is God like? Our meaning and our self-understanding, it's the all-important question. So how shall we answer, what is God like? In each of our hearts and minds, there is a picture of God. A picture which we have drawn, formed over the years by our interaction with our families of origin, with church representatives surrounding culture and significantly influences in our daily lives. We all have a picture of the nature and heart of God. And sometimes those pictures, as I know mine do, often need to be critically re-examined. And in the gospel lesson for today, that is essentially what Jesus is doing when he encounters the hostile trap that was placed before him by the Sadducees. And if you think it through, you realize that Jesus was always going deeper beneath the surface understandings and helping us to see the nature and heart of reality and of what God was like. We live at the mercy of our ideas. But never more so than our idea about God. Because it influences everything about us when you think about it. Now, we do live at the mercy of ideas and our pictures of God need to be redrawn from time to time with deeper understanding. I came across a really great story. How this happened to Cardinal Basil Hume, the Archbishop of Westminster and well-known spiritual guide. He tells this Illustrative, illuminating, uh, humorous story about himself. On a speaking tour of the United States, he shared how he had been raised by a good but severe mother. And constantly she would say to him, if I see you, my son, stealing an apple from my pantry, I will punish you. And then she would add quickly, if you take an apple and I don't see you, Almighty God will see you, and he will punish you. Now it doesn't take much of an imagination to catch a glimpse of what a harsh picture of God that is. But as his Christian experience matured and he was able to redraw the picture of God, the Cardinal testified that God might have said to him, my son, why don't you take two apples? See, in any true picture of God, there has to be room for mystery, but also for clear revelation. Here's something that is a mystery to me. And Nancy and I were listening to this the other day. We, we heard this, that mathematicians state that the odds of you being born are 400 trillion to one. The odds of you being here today in the form that is you ...is 400 trillion to one. Feel lucky today? (laughs) It's a gift of life. Immeasurable gift of life... ...that God gave to us... ...because He wants us to know Him. That's why we're here. So what is God like? I think that we cannot in any other way know... ...except through Jesus Christ... He is the answer to the question What is God like? What is the personality of God like? Jesus audaciously made this claim Anyone who has seen me Has seen the Father What if that claim is true? Wouldn't that be good news? There have been two individuals Who have deeply shaped my life Two brilliant, brilliant teachers and theologians and pastors. Sometimes I'm attracted to people who make my brain hurt. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, they're so smart. When I was in seminary at Neshota House, I had the good fortune of encountering as our visiting professor each of the three years, the 100th Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael Ramsey. I speak about him fondly and often. And in one of his lectures, he said these words, and I'll never forget them. Now, listen, this is the 100th Archbishop of Canterbury. Okay, so, you know, he's probably pretty smart. He says this. God is Christ-like, and in him there is no unChrist likeness at all You want to know who God is? You have to look at Christ You have to encounter him and see him Through the experience and words of Jesus It's an astonishing claim And the implications are incredible well, Let's take a look at those in the lesson Jesus enters into Jerusalem And he's now in his final weeks of life. This is where he is. And he's finding intense hostility and opposition towards him. Immeasurable courage it must have taken to walk into that hostile situation. And the chief priests and scribes and leaders want to seize him. But the only reason why they haven't done so is because he's so popular with the crowds. But some of the Sadducees came to him. And these... Were a group of people who denied the resurrection. Denied the the ability and quality of God. To bring resurrection life. They're famous for rejecting the resurrection. And they come up with this absurd story. A reductio absurdum. You know, an appeal to the extremes. A logical ploy to try to trap Jesus. And if you were to just read this story. And think about who this unique individual is, Jesus, you would realize that he's not only Jesus the carpenter, he's Jesus the logician, and the most brilliant, smartest thinker that has ever walked on the face of the earth. You don't wanna mess around with Jesus. So they come up with the story, in the resurrection, whose wife will this woman be for the seven brothers had her for their wife? Whose wife will she be in heaven? And Jesus logically demolishes them and kind of gives them a two-stage response. The first is, he says, it's not going to be like this. It's not this life, it's another life. We're dealing with a totally new situation in the risen life. Since no one dies anymore, there's no need for procreation and hence no need for marriage. The, the, The Sadducees think that heaven's just going to be the same thing. And Jesus says it's far different. Altogether. So in the risen life We're not talking about relationships and marriage We're talking about A new unending quality and species of life and Secondly The same Moses who wrote the prescription That they cite in Deuteronomy Also spoke in this central passage Jesus says God is the God of the living Not the dead Hold that thought Who is God? Jesus reveals him He's the God of the living Not the dead. And so Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are fully alive, even though they have died. Now we are children of the resurrection. He's not the God of the dead, but of the living, and all are alive to him. What that means is this. And this is my key point and central point I want to make. If Jesus is the true picture of God... And Jesus describes God as the God of the living. And he affirms the reality of an unending eternal life beyond this world. Then eternity is in session right now. It's something bigger, far more amazing than we've ever considered. Now I mentioned the first person who had a profound impact on me. The second I encountered in 1994, Dr. Dallas Willard, who was the professor of philosophy at the University of Southern California and a ordained Southern Baptist minister. And I took a class with him as part of the program. And one day he said these words. He said, what was the message that Jesus proclaimed? And folks raised their hands, the forgiveness of sins, the death of Jesus on the cross. And he said, you will have to read the words of Jesus again, because when he entered into his ministry, he announced the good news this way. The kingdom of God is now available here to you. Repent, rethink the way you're living in light of the fact That eternity is now in session. The kingdom of God is here and available. And you can live from its resources by placing your confidence and trust in me. That's the gospel. And Jesus went through his ministry helping people to understand what that meant. You know what that means? That means being a Christian is not about getting to heaven. Being a Christian is about getting heaven into us now. There is life to be lived in the presence and reality of God today. In fact, Jesus and the entire New Testament for that matter defines eternal life only once and this is what it says. This again is Jesus and remember he is the face, the human face of God. Listen to what he says with great precision. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is an interactive knowledge of God here and now. Eternity has invaded time. So these Sadducees were very sad, you see. I know that. Here's my closing story. When you look closely at Jesus in his resurrection appearances, he appears with wounds still remaining. Wounds of crucifixion, it was the same Jesus but qualitatively different, and that is our destiny. Visitors to the Notre Dame Chapel in Paris tell me that the front altar is flanked by two impressive statues. One is the statue of the prodigal father embracing his returning son. What a picture of God, right? This is the story that Jesus told about God. The other statue is Mother Mary holding the figure of her crucified son. And this is the story that Jesus lived. The story that he lived convinces us that the story that he told is true. We are the beloved sons and daughters of the resurrection. All is forgiven, and we can enter into the reality of His care, His goodness, and His love today. The kingdom of God will never be in trouble. Put your confidence there, my friends. It's true. Who is God? Just take a look at the life of Jesus. Amen.